Hello and welcome to Let's Talk ERP Cloud Podcast. This special edition podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Let's Talk Data Podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Frank McGorry. Today, my guest is Tara Gamble, Senior Director of Enterprise Systems for Mod Pizza. Tara and I are going to give you a quick history on Mod Pizza and then discuss how they are using SAP S4 HANA Cloud Public Edition to scale and grow their business where their values put people over pizza, using pizza as a platform to make a difference in surrounding communities. Let's roll back our clock to 2008 when Scott and Ali Svensson founded Mod Pizza. They knew the last thing the world needed was another pizza place in their hometown of Seattle. They imagined a new way for people to enjoy pizza by bringing speed, individual style, and value to one of America's favorite foods. But the real secret sauce would not be in the product. It would be in the people who serve their communities. At Mod Pizza, they call them the Mod Squad. To hear more about the culture around pizza as a platform and how this organization continues to grow and scale, I would like to introduce to you my favorite person from the Mod Squad team, Tara Gamble. So glad to have you. And I've only scratched the surface on what a cool company you're a part of. Can you share a little bit more about Mod Pizza and your role in the company? You bet. Jennifer, thank you for having me. It's always so wonderful and emotional at times when I get to hear some of that history. And, you know, I'm reminded of what we do and how we do it and why we do it every day. But when you think about how much we've done, how much Scott and Ali Svensson have done since 2008 and what we're still poised to do, it's just so exciting. And and you're right. It is about uh, a pizza as a platform. And it really is about pizza over people over pizza. And one of the things that, you know, we use as a guiding force is we exist to serve people. That's through our employees and that's certainly through our customers. And, you know, when I think about some of the things you shared that are special about MOD, speed, style and value certainly are important with our product. They are important about how we interact with our employees especially as that workforce is changing. And it certainly is important about our software, our tech stack as well. And one thing that we also talk about a lot and live a lot is what we call spreading modness. And that is that outreach. That's that ability to make that social impact through our hiring, through our community involvement activities and whatnot. And, you know, to kind of share a little bit of the inside modness that we rely on every day, we have four key values that we rely on. Grit is one of the first ones. We clearly, I didn't know how much it took to make pizza. I'll tell you what, there's quite a bit that goes into making some amazing pizza. So we've got a lot of grit. We have a tremendous amount of growth, whether it's through our people, through our product. So grit and growth, generosity is something that is really important at MOD, whether it's how we interact with our fellow employees or our customers and gratitude. Gratitude is something that we are very uh, top of mind. We often start many of our meetings at MOD with stories of the journey and how can we thank each other? What do we have? What, what is our gratitude that we need to share? So these things are really uh there's many, but really help, you know, kind of comprise that special quality of, of Mod Pizza. I think we spend the whole time talking about Mod Pizza, right? And the cool history. It's awesome. It, it really Maybe is. Get a little bit more into what your role in the company is. 
you know, six years ago, I joined MOD. It's changed an awful lot. Uh, I know for my particular situation, I was brought to help, you know, participate and lead in some digital transformation. Like many companies, you know, six, seven, eight years ago and whatnot, you know, you really had to embrace the digital transformation. This is even pre-COVID. So then, you know, you kind of fast forward into some of that. So in the early days, I was brought to help kind of get that um, ERP selection and implementation over the finish line. And in the six years that I've been at MOD, I've been, you know, really blessed to lead a tiger team, enterprise systems. Our technology team in general is very, very lean. All of our back office teams in the restaurant business, really, but in our fast casual world are very lean. So the enterprise systems team that, again, I'm very, very blessed to lead, we are charged with the implementation and the runtime and the change management and innovation of all of those core back office systems that are all software as a service. We are a 100% SaaS shop. So it's it's really about partnering with our, our, our customers, our business partners, and partnering with our vendors in that SaaS landscape to uh, to get done what we need to get done with speed, with style, and with a lot of value. And a lot of grit too. Tell me about the driving factors behind your decision to evaluate a new digital course. So you were brought on and was that process already in flight or were you brought on and to, to drive forward with that? What, what was the story there? That process was in flight. We had leaders who had been there and done that, and they knew that some of the initial kind of those V1, uh, you know, SaaS little targeted applications were just not going to continue to scale. And we're not going to provide uh, some of that simplicity, scalability, standardization that we knew we needed to support some real aggressive growth. So 2015 is when that growth really started to take off. 2016 is when we really started to look at a lot of the systems landscape. ERP was the the main thing leading the pack. You know, you've got to have your core accounting and a lot of those compliant activities understood and, and, and managed properly. So that was really what was dragging a lot of that, that digital transformation. And so it was, it was a, really about managing growth. And it was also, again, to that small team kind of manifesto, you have to be cognizant of who you have to run these things. And so you've got to look for that digital core, as you spoke about, so that you can manage that growth with these tiny teams. And ERP right. was certainly the driver force. And kind of right on the heels of that was the human capital management and all of those kind of recruit to retire processes that as we were growing and we were building stores, you're just hiring more and more employees. Our industry already has a high turnover rate on a good day. So those are some real good high velocity, high throughput processes that we really needed to have stable, secure, scale, simplify. Love it. And you've already been live. So when was your first go live? Well, we went live with our S4 HANA public cloud in September of 2017. And really our, our implementation, um, it's, it gets a little fuzzy. You, you know, you have a little bit of, of uh, PTSD sometimes, you know, from, from projects. <laughs> but, you know, it was maybe an eight to nine All month good implementation. All good things, right? Right, right. And so, you know, you've got these really small teams, some of which had never even been involved with with that type of, of software. So September of 2017 for S4 HANA Public Cloud and right on its heels, 
October of 2017, we went live with success factors, recruiting, okay. onboarding, and employee central. And then talk to me, what, when we were uh, preparing, we were talking about, you know, even though you were not an official ECC customer to S4, you still needed to go through a process of essentially going through your data and identifying which information you needed to port over, which information you can leave behind. I thought that was really insightful, especially for any of our customers uh, who are listening, who are potentially uh, a net new, uh, net, net new prospect to SAP. Can you share a little bit about that, what you went through with that? There has been so much focus around some of the terms in the SAP migration world, that greenfield, brownfield, I've even heard the bluefield. And so when you think about, it's certainly relevant for an existing SAP customer and the journey they have to take just to kind of maximize what you already have. But not being an SAP customer prior, it really was a greenfield operation. It was not just about, we I mean, we were already in the cloud. Software as a service is, is typically in the cloud. So, you know, it wasn't as if we were trying to lift. We were really trying to do some shift and to take a look at all of these core things that had grown so quickly. It's one of those great, you know, great problems to solve is I remember, in fact, Jennifer, one of my first days at MOD, walking into our little support center, seeing walls of the banker boxes filled with mm -hmm. envelopes that had come back from the stores, invoices, gift cards, you know, coupons, all that paper, you know, just six, seven years ago was still a really big deal. So, you know, you're trying to grow all those stores, you're not going to be able to maintain that. And so, you know, it was really about understanding what those things were that we needed to focus on. Now, when you started your project, how did you make sure that this wasn't an IT driven program and that you were really cohesive with the other uh, mod squad teams? Well, I think, you know, you always try some of those traditional, you know, tactics through partnering with your business early and often in that requirement gathering kind of, you know, what are these things that you must have? What would be nice to have, you know, really surfacing those functional requirements while meanwhile, we were still, you know, quickly building a, a, a tech stack, like an ecosystem. So you have to understand what your non-functional requirements are as well. So just a tremendous amount of, of partnering with our, clearly our accounting team and taking a look at what they needed to do, what they hadn't been able to do with current tools and where we had opportunity. That's where you get that shift, right? And so really trying to also help them help them step into that gap. So many times you've got all that startup mentality and they've created so many crazy workarounds that good, bad, and ugly, they get it done, you know, and trying to have them step away from some of that and define what those kind of ideal end to end states It's a little bit of therapy at times, but I think that was exactly. the critical path. And, and, and that's where even with the few, the few resources that we have that that was critical and that's what we did. And I would add, you know, in in that kind of net new um, type of a customer trying to take a look at your resources, your your these wonderfully skilled employees and what they've been supporting and how they've supported it. While you're also getting familiar with what these new tools are, you got to understand who your people are, what they can do, what they need to learn. And so I think that underscores some of that early partnership, getting to know them. What do they do? What do they know? And what are two, what are kind of the roadmaps for each of those? 
Sure, and that, and that takes us into our, our next topic of organizational change management process that you you went through and how it's evolved as you were in project mode to to go live and now in continuous improvement. But one of the things that you know struck me, I worked in retail back in my day uh, as a young person, and one of the things that I always when we when we were talking about this at our in our prep meeting, we we discussed the, the the banker boxes and and I think I remember telling you about all the register tape when we'd run the reports that all come out on the register tape and I can imagine. So in, even though you are technically a net new organization to SAP and a net new organization period, you're very very young company. You know you still had to um, you know modernize your business processes. That's cool. You know you still do. So talk to me a little bit about the organizational change management process that you employ, employed during your program and then how it's evolved. And then we'll talk a little bit more about some of the other natural flows that come out of that. You know, one thing that they talk about the the presses and stresses, you know, like what the pandemic did or any kind of aggressive timeline, aggressive growth, these things, you know, really they stress things, they press things. And so it was a little opportunistic. Because when you're working with an ERP type of a system with S4, HANA, public cloud, any version of it really, the ability to manage an end-to-end process is such a value add. And in some of those kind of V1s of your architecture, you have some bits of the process here and you have some bits of the process there. And sure, you can achieve end-to-end through integration and whatnot, but that's not what was happening in early mod nor in a lot of early business, a lot of swivel chair or a lot of manual things in between. So to really understand and to take advantage of that end-to-end process, you've got to have people from the business at each piece of that process starting to get to know more about each other and that process. And I think that that's really really where you get some of that, that shift in process mentality. Because it also starts to remind them about the quality of data and what data they receive, what they do to that data, and then who receives it from them next in that end-to-end process. And so I think it really kind of ups your team mentality as well when you have this kind of a system that runs and supports these kinds of end-to-end processes that really can mature and lift the thinking of your business folks. Let's fast forward now. So that's how you guys rolled in 2015, 2016, 2017. Now here we are, fast forward to 2022. How are you maintaining the knowledge base and the natural flow of people moving on into new roles and onboarding new employees? You know, it really does kind of nicely jump from that last topic because you've got you've got the need for collaboration and especially with more remote hybrid work, that's kind of even added an interesting pressure to it, but that collaboration of those folks in that end-to-end team, that cross-functional space, I mean, I think that's that's really what sets the stage for you to understand where all the knowledge is distributed. Because Jennifer, I think that's something is particularly in a SaaS architecture, it's a really distributed knowledge base. You know, your employees are only ever going to know so much and that's going to change as they leave new ones come, you know, so you've got, you've got some, some notes to, to, to deal with there. You also have those similar things going on with your product vendors, with your managed service teams, you know, with your third party bolt-ons, you know, all of that ecosystem. So it's, it's a matter of creating some of those mechanisms 
whether it's your COEs, your centers of expertise, whether it's governance, you know, I mean, they can, they can show up in so many different forms at MOD. We have really uh, evolved a center of expertise that at a minimum focuses on our SAP ecosystem through success factors and through S4 HANA public cloud, Qualtrics, BTP, the business technology platform, that's kind of the whole backbone. So we've got special focus in that area so that we know that we're collaborating, that we know that we're managing change. And then we're also through time kind of evolving and, and kind of spreading wings there to bring in some more of those process owners. And that's where SaaS really, the SaaS model, the process owners, you know, they get in these systems, they have a, a different kind of responsibility than potentially, you know, some of the, the older school software. So it's just setting up some of those. That's where we've seen a lot of a lot of value. That's where we're going to continue to evolve, continue to mature. And then I think as we even get get better at mod with kind of zooming out and looking at that kind of corporate planning and how does that mm -hmm. corporate plan start to roll down into the, you know, into the technology roadmaps that's starting to get a lot more traction too. So it's just, you know, collaboration mechanisms and governance mechanisms of, of what we continue to see success with. You mentioned BTP and some of the other software, pieces of software that you're using, but tell me how you are using BTP. I think that that's one of um, a really key piece of our, our software solution right now. Oh, right. I mean, when you think about it's positioned as a platform, as a service, there's a lot of AASs coming up in the marketplace, right? As a service, there's a tremendous uh -huh. amount of capabilities out there. And the way that it shows up for Mod Pizza in, in our ecosystem is thing one, it's, it's integration. And so cloud platform integration, which sits in that BTP, that's what we're using to integrate in and out of both S4 HANA public cloud and success factors. We also keep those two systems connected through master data integration, MDI. And that's something that we are still getting some legs under. It's still kind of newish for us, but that is that real essential uh, integration that keeps some of that, that um, really harmonized data model good to go. You've got your cost centers, you've got your company codes and those things that you really want to keep consistent. And then you have all your workers, all your employees from success factors that are able to be uh, integrated and then provisioned in for us S4 HANA Public Cloud or or uh, any other systems that are going to get hooked into MDI. So MDI is a big deal. CPI, that cloud platform integration, is what we're also using it for. And we recently stood up Identity Access Service. And so that is uh, as allowing all of our SAP users to log in with their you know, unified SAP ID. So that is managed in the BTP as well. So, and we're learning, uh, Jennifer, we're learning all the time. That's one thing that it's, it's constantly changing. It wasn't called BTP when we first went live, you know, over <laughs> six years ago, it's, it's completely a, a whole new thing. So it's, it's a really great, you know, evolution of many different types of innovation. And, you know, that's something we look forward to continuing to crack into. That's great. The story keeps evolving for both mm -hmm. SAP and for, for Mod Pizza. That's great. Yeah. What are some of the lessons learned that you would consider if you had to do this again, or if you were having a meeting with a, a friend or colleague or 
or, or somebody else, what would you share with them that your, your, your big three things are that you would tell them to, to, to go full force at, hold back on, or just be careful of? What, what, what would those things be? Well, I have to lead with one that I almost don't like to put on the list because we should all live it, walk it, sleep it. And that's just data management. Because no matter what you're doing, where you're going, from where to where, you know, to get ahead of your data management, because that is just such a, I mean, I guess it's kind of preach to the choir, but it is something that you can get so wrapped around so many other axles. You can just say, let's see what happens. You know, we've got our data. We've got to, you know, I think it's got to be, so, and, and, and your managed service teams, your system implementation teams, they'll walk you through a rigor. There's always lines on a project plan, deal with it. But how you deal with it is really, I think, uh, doesn't get enough attention and time. It's, it's we, you know, not just from my own mod experience, but just from peers in the industry. That's why we see lessons learned. You know, we see the same lessons learned and then we don't often get an opportunity for one reason to do it. So aside from the data, aside from data, 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 it's it's really three things that I think are kind of joined at the hip. And that's that people, process, technology, those that PPT, and it's about ownership and and decision making and change management. They all kind of it's a bit of a flywheel. And and what I mean by that is it's interesting too, when you think about how you have to implement a new product and all of the things that you go through and it used to be a little more one and done. You had a little more time after you stood something up before you had to go back and touch it. You're always smoothing, you know, but not in the world of SaaS, not in the world of public cloud where you have continuous innovation releases. So you have to be able to do this over and over. You have to be able to understand who owns the process? What is this process? What is the expected business outcome? And really have clarity around that. And because people are going to change, you know, and we're seeing that happen more and more. And so we want to, uh, you know, increase the objectivity around what these processes are achieving, reduce some of the subjectivity around how much I like how it does what it does, but, you know, really identify those process owners and what the process is and what the expected outcomes are. And then it's just a constant curation of it. If we need to change it, who gets to decide? How are we changing it? And then how are we supporting it? And, you know, kind of into that change management cycle. It's not the real kind of sexiest of answers. There's not like a lot of, I think, silver bullets, aside from it's always great to be able to hire some supplemental headcount. I think that that is another Another nod that we, you know, in my industry, you know, you're, you're lean, low margin. You don't get to go hire a whole project team to come in and do these things. You also don't get to do that as you improve it through time either. You got to work with the people you have. So they're running the business and their full-time job. So how are you able to get them to kind of step out enough to do that identification of a future state process. They're so wrapped around their current state. That's what they're supposed to do every day. So I think that's uh, that's the that's lesson a, learned is to not give up. Out. Don't give up, always try. <laughs> right, good job. I like it, I like it. Well, before we jump into what's next for Mod Pizza, you brought up the innovation releases. How do you manage the innovation releases? I mean, you've been, again, you've been live since 2017. So 
you were uh, you were in around for the the quarterly releases and now they've rolled mm -hmm. into just twice a year releases how have you evolved that team to and 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 release to your to the mod squad that evolution has been something else because i will tell you being you know having mod be an early adopter and we are where we have some some great conversations with some sap teams and i think it was it was exhausting four times a year was exhausting and i think in the early days it had to be because so many features and functions were being added to the public cloud and they had to you just had to get the features and functions out there so that the industries could it made sense and then with the move to half yearly and and mind you we're also a success factor shop so we've now we've got the half yearly for the success factors platform now that they're joined together with master data integration we have to keep our eyes it's like those those lizards with the eyes we have to keep our eyes on both of them at all times because of the regression testing that we have to do with in particular MDI and just all of our you know integrations in general so it's uh it's it's um oh Jennifer take me back to the question <laughs> the innovation releases i love it <laughs> the, the innovation releases. Well, you know, and it's interesting because, yes, they are innovation releases. So twice a year does allow you to be super planful. You get your business. You know, you can review the release notes together. You can really kind of walk it through a planful process. So we were already doing that. You just only have to do that twice a year. It's really trying to understand the rest of the stuff that's happening as well behind the scenes, the continuous feature delivery is something that's constantly happening as well. Zero downtime. And to try to keep another one of those eyes on that is equally as important. And meanwhile, you know, you get a little bit of hot fix action here and there. You have to understand what's going on. So you really have kind of at a minimum three different kinds of platform driven change, whether it's hot fix, continuous feature delivery, or the innovation releases. So understanding the rhythm kind of retooling the administrative side of it, but mostly retooling the business side so that they know when we need them, how we can get more involvement from them, particularly in the innovation release side, so they can get out there and look at that roadmap viewer and be like, yes, that's what I want to take a look at, you know, that kind of stuff. So tell me what's next for Mod Pizza? So you, you've, uh, you've, got a, you've got a lot of great history and a lot of great experience under your belt. So what do you what do you have in your whatever eye on well if i zoom out and i think about mod in general we are really leaning in and expanding and and really kind of enriching our network around our opportunity hiring you know in the early days as you talked about our history it was really mostly justice involved second chance opportunity hiring that's really flourished and grown into a lot of other types of uh, intellectually and developmentally disabled communities. So we're always going to be doing that. And we're really seeing a lot of, in fact, leveraging success factors as a way to help us on board with job coaches and track that, you know, track that wonderful cohort so that we can provide the right kind of training etc. So opportunity hiring is definitely, you know, kind of that, that big, big way that we can spread modness. And I also think that through technology and just also program focus is turning that HCM into HXM. We hear that HXM, we hear employee experience management, 
You know, we are, we're always leveraging Qualtrics more and where we need to, whether it's through the pulse surveys or some census surveys so that we can baseline, you know, what our employee experience is, folding that into how it's onboarding going, exit surveys. You always want to see what that data provides as well. So really leaning in, in that employee experience management, you know, in, in that collaboration space, but focusing on how we are recruiting and onboarding and getting them into that learning day one. You know, we use LMS. And so that imagine there's a lot they have to learn to not just feel that they are a part of mod and how we spread modness, but they need to make a good pizza and they need to make a great pizza and a great salad. And so there's a lot that they have to learn. So we'll always focus on what that learning journey looks like, reduce the friction and uh, make sure that they can feel connected and, and feel engaged and feel inspired. That's one thing that we are really uh, part of the mod flywheel is that, you know, we've got our purpose, our purpose drives that, that focus on our employees. And if they are engaged and inspired, they'll pour that into the customers. And this, and you're, you're, you're grabbing this all from the, from the data that you're, that you're pulling from, from Qualtrics through the pulse and census data. That is the predominant. I mean, we do, I mean, we're, we are a very open, transparent company too. So, you know, notwithstanding all of that, but, you know, the ability to get that data and to also see that trend through time and lay it on top of some of these events that we're seeing, whether it's everybody go work from your home or now come back a couple days a week or in between, you know, just trying all the, you know, as a restaurant industry, we, we had to dig in and deal with a lot of COVID restrictions, you know, across multiple states in the United States and dealing with all the jurisdictional challenges, mask laws. I mean, it was really, it it was quite a rodeo at times keeping track of all that. So it's, uh, I can't even imagine. I'm sure it was. That's great. Taking care of our people though, as long as we were doing that. Yep. That's awesome. So which other products did you evaluate when you were evaluating S4HANA? So back a couple years back. Yeah, that takes me back to a little bit right before I arrived. So I, from my time continuum, I arrived with what I would say it was the bake-off. It was the bake-off between SAP and NetSuite. And it was actually right at that point in time where Oracle acquired NetSuite. So that brought a couple of interesting things to the dynamic. But, but again, as we were, you know, looking at what we needed in an ERP coupled with that success factors platform and a potential access to a whole bunch of other things in the SAP ecosystem, you know, if and when mod needed to grow in those directions, I think that's always something that's compelling, you know, when you're, you're looking at uh, your, your next piece of, of capability, but yeah, beyond that, um, you know, it's just some of the other general standard mid-markets I think we were looking at, but that was the bake-off. Thank you for that. What's next on your roadmap? So what's the next big rock that you're looking to to uh, to drive towards? Well, I, again, if I kind of zoom out and I think about mod digital experience, that digital employee experience, we are focusing right now in this kind of second half of 2022 on service management. That's something okay. that's also been growing and evolving and just our ability to, you know, provide service and, you know, kind of standard ticketing. IT's always done that, but we want to provide that to our other back office teams so that they can provide more turnkey service to all of our mod squad. 
And then as I look to our roadmap, you know, we've got a, a really wonderful IT leadership team that's focusing all around the place. We constantly are focusing on cybersecurity topics. So our security leadership's always got, you know, in fact, we're doing much more aggressive security training on the regular. And fortunately, we're seeing that world get a little better. It's not so dry and crusty. It's a little more engaging, but that's a constant topic that we have to, I mean, we have over 10,000 employees, you know, and whether or not it's for the chiefly, you know, safety of our mod systems, it's just really good hygiene for digital users of today to, to know what's going on out there. So always enhancing our security programs. And we, Qualtrics, you know, we're always looking at what that XM roadmap is, is out there in, in the employee experience market. And uh, just for, for what it's worth, next year, we're also going to be dealing into more of a uh, enterprise identity management. That's something that's kind of on our maturity roadmap. So we've already been able to achieve that with our SAP tools because of identity access. So now we can zoom out and kind of approach that from more of, a, of an enterprise uh, kind of viewpoint. So those are kind of the mains. Thank you. How are you measuring value benefits with your S4HANA cloud solution? Right. The, the KPI talk is always interesting because, you know, as I mentioned six years ago, I walked in and I see banker boxes full of paper. Uh, I also saw a lot of uh, personnel action forms that were still Word documents being running around in email. And so it really when you're especially when you're dealing with your kind of your V1 of that digital and business transformation, it can be often hard to know what your baseline KPIs are even. So as you kind of start to measure, well, really, what is the value of having somebody uh, apply online and then have that data as soon as they go through the interviewing experience and they are, you know, being created an offer that that happens immediately so we don't lose them on the market. And so now we can get them through the offer process. And now we have a really happy employee because they can get through a really easy onboarding and they can get to their learning and meet their team. So, you know, you've got some qualitative things in there too, but we, through time, we have been able to establish some more quantitative KPIs and particularly through integration where you're able to, uh, whether it's like module to module integration and success factors, or whether it's data that is being integrated to or from S4HANA public cloud invoices, as an example, that's a key process. It's one thing when you can get all your vendors to give you your magical Excel format so that you can just upload, right? It's still upload. It's still, you know, manual. It's still managing files, et cetera. So we were able to, you know, leverage CPI, leverage some, some automation where we can have invoices drop via SFTP, automatically processed, error checked, et cetera. No human intervention. They're only managing exceptions. So you can look at a KPI, but then you can also look at opportunity costs as well, or the opportunity lift. So... It's the short of it is it's an ever evolving conversation around how you quantify the value of, well, your existing system or when you replace it, you know, what's my lift, you know, how do I quantify that spend? But it is, it's, and I don't, I think we should not lose track of the qualitative piece of it too, that XM piece of it, because that often is what creates so much churn that can lead to product replacement unnecessarily too. Right. I think we have time for one more question. So 
Um, have you an, adopted any intelligent technologies? Right? Do you have any today? And then, and or are you going to in, you know, add any along the way of your roadmap? Well, when I think of intelligent technologies, where my head goes is really more into that RPA space, you know, and some of the the bots that we could utilize. And I will say that we have started to look at what is out of the box. What is some of that opportunity that we can kind of get some stick time around, understand what the kind of what the total cost of ownership is around those. What would we gain from it? What do we need to do to run it? So those are, we're kind of very early in that stage, but I think that's, that's where we will be looking first. And then when I also think about those type of intelligent, you know, kind of innovation things, your analytics and some of, of that is something where I'm always keeping my eye on analytics cloud and where that tool is headed in, in chiefly just because it's got a lot of great things in it. And we may need to get there someday, but also in contrast, what type of embedded analytics do I have in my products? Because you also, we've got to make sure we're, you know, utilizing what we already have. And so before I go jump in and the business teams jump too far into the future, so we still need to interrogate some of the innovation that is there that we're not already doing, taking advantage of. But bots are going to probably be the first thing. Cool. Wow. Well, I don't even know where to begin with all the cool things that you said today. Um, all the S's, secure, stable, scale, uh, your core values, your gratitude, your grit. I'm so grateful for you that you came on and joined me today. So thank you, Tara, for your for sharing your story. I love the growth of your company and what it's gone through to get where it is today. And, and the future looks so bright. And I also really appreciate the vision and the mission of your organization that you talked about and, and being part of the mod squad. Um, so we're, as, as an SAPer, uh, bleeding blue here. I'm so excited to have had the opportunity to to speak with you today. So thank you, Tara, and I'm sure we are going to connect again. And you're going to have we're going to have you back in maybe a year or so to see where you are. Is that okay? Thank you so much, Jennifer. It was really my pleasure. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Let's Talk ERP Cloud. If you enjoyed this conversation and want to continue in a smaller, more interactive setting, I would like to invite you to sign up for a value exploration workshop. This two and a half hour program will provide you an opportunity to have a hands-on gamified experience in an ERP simulation competition, followed by a Rise with SAP strategy session. Check out the show notes to learn more about the Value Exploration Workshop and upcoming dates. Finally, I would like to thank the Let's Talk Data podcast for their partnership. We couldn't do what we do without them. Until next time, I am Jennifer Frank McGrory. Have a great rest of your day.